Hello, Chris here with another installment of the Make It Podcast. And today on the podcast, we have a conversation with the dynamic film producing duo, Brian and Jake Jalbert, known affectionately by me as the Jalbert Brothers. (laughs) Of course, maybe someone else calls them that too, but uh, whatever. (laughs) The Jalbert Brothers started their careers in video production 15 years ago, making home movies in their backyard. Combining their knowledge of filmmaking and experience in video production, Brian and Jake took their love for film and turned it into a career behind the camera. With Brian's talent for producing and Jake's passion for cinematography and directing, this filmmaking duo is changing the industry from the inside out. Their credits include co-producer and first assistant director for the feature film Apple of My Eye, starring Burt Reynolds and Amy Smart, and distributed by Sony Pictures. They produced and directed the series pilot for 10 Seconds to Run, and they have two shows they produced and directed for Amazon Prime Video called Haunted Tours and Share Your Scare. And now, without further ado, I give you the kings of the kingdom of Jollywood. Don't worry, you'll understand shortly. (laughs) Producers Brian and Jake Jalbert. You're listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps aspiring professionals in film get where they're going faster by dissecting the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives in the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley. What's up? I'm Brian Jalbert, producer uh, known for Haunted Tours. I am Jake Jalbert, producer, director, known for Haunted Tours as well. We are producing and directing team. We go by the Jalbert Brothers, and right now we're working on a few projects, one called The Game, and it's all we can release at the moment in time. Well, Jake, Brian, thank you so much for joining me on the make it podcast and uh starting off with a little bit of intrigue i see like <laughs> the game and then uh, that's it you just, you just hooked you just hooked us and now we can't we can't know anything about it um when, when does the game come out well when do you expect we have, to be done with it well we have two projects we're going to focus on uh for the rest of the year they're two trail we're going to put together two trailers for two ips two big ips that we're working on yeah. And for those so listening that may not know the acronym IP is? Intellectual property. There you go. Most people are going to know, but I just want to be clear. Make sure. Cool. Okay. So you're putting together two IPs. And we'll and... explain why we're doing that mm-hmm. once we later. Once we get into the beginning to the end, we'll kind of explain why we're, why we're going this route. Yeah. And then also we're working on a, an event called Hacking Hollywood Pitch Fest as well. So that's going to be in January that we're working on that as well. So. Yeah, it's exciting. I, I read about that. We'll definitely talk about that uh, during this conversation. And if, if um, uh, those listening can't tell, uh, these guys are focused on brand. They're focused on marketing. They're very creative, very smart about how they put things together. And you can kind of hear in 
just those few sentences, the kind of planning they do in advance and for their projects to, you know, get the biggest bang for their buck. So uh, this ought to be uh, a ton of fun. Uh, I met both of you guys at Filmcom um, in, early, yeah, in early June in Nashville, and I, I had a blast, and you guys had your own just special kind of energy, um, and it was really palpable. Like, I think it actually drove other people to want to be around you and sort of follow you and, and just, you know, be a part of the fun that you guys were creating just by being yourselves, and I think that's really why you stood out, and I've, I've just been pumped to have you guys, you know, on the podcast since then. Uh, to give some of that energy, some of that love and, and knowledge to uh, this community. Um, the, the thing I got from you guys right away is that filmmaking started early for you guys. And it was a, a it's really a family thing. Um, there, there seems to be a connection there. Was your, your mom and dad or anyone in your family in filmmaking? No, but I will say my dad definitely took us to the movies. So um, I will say it was something there as a kid. I think my dad took us to the movies. And then for me, at least growing up watching, like I really idolized like action heroes like Jean-Claude Van Damme and like Rocky. So those movies really, really resonated with me as a kid. And it drove me, I would say, as a teen to start putting some things together. And it wasn't professional, but it was just shooting shit in the backyard. You know what I mean? Um, and talk, that's- to, talk to me about that. I, yeah, Sorry to interject. I, I want to jump in on that right there because that's the moment. Uh-huh. Because the, you were able to shoot things. How was that possible? Uh, were you gifted a camera? Uh, is this something you got for Christmas? Did you just have the family camera? Yeah, yes, yes. So um, our dad had a camera. I, I don't know where he got it, right? But you know, he had the camera, and then somehow we got a hold I think of get it. it from the pawn shop, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody stole it. Stole it. No, I'm just um, maybe. Um, but we got that camera, and I don't know exactly when the point was that we started filming. But what I remember is we do have a tape of this. Um, we would dress up in this these army fatigues, and then. We didn't have a script. We had a camera and a tripod and then just us two. So we were the main actors and then we were the film. And what we did was we edited – we edited inside the camera. So we would shoot. It was on tape. So we would shoot and then cut and then shoot the next scene and then just rewind it back. And we didn't have a script. We would just improv everything. We made little fight scenes and we would just shoot and we would just have fun, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. So this all came from just being taken to the movies by your dad. So – would you say that it, it was a way to have fun with, you know, with your dad, like to, 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 to feel like you were making your dad maybe even happy doing this? Maybe. I don't know. I never thought about it like that. I mean, no, we had to kind of like grab him if we want him in the movie. We're like, hey, can you do a scene real quick? And I remember him doing something. But I mean, not really. I mean, he's always kind of like been there and stuff, but. Or at least for me, like we, me and Brian, just we just did it ourselves for the most part. Yeah, I think it was more or less per se for me. Um, on my aspect, uh, I was Brian Jobber producer, but like I started out in acting, so um, I had a love for being in front of the camera, mm. and then we would 
I'd kind of push Jake into being in front of the camera and then we would just start shooting stuff and we wouldn't have like a tripod or anything like that. We'd set it on a desk. We'd set it on whatever was there just to make it work. Um, and we just, I don't know. We just did it. Well, it you well, know, like you remember that, sh- you remember that show like Jackass? You remember that show Jackass? Of Where, course. Uh, yeah. And so we would like do little skits of that. And, um, remember the fight scenes we do like, uh, like wrestling <laughs> fight scenes and stuff. Yeah. So we do like, like wrestling stuff in the, in the sports where we like, we would take like these metal chairs and like, bang, you know, fun stuff like that. Like we were kids we were just messing around. Right. We didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I was kind of asking the question to press on it a little bit because, uh, oftentimes it'll be one person that gets the film bug and then, you know, the brother or the, you know, the other sibling doesn't catch it. And, um, but you guys both have the, have the bug for, for it. And I thought that was interesting. There, there's this, there's this connection, even, even to this interview, right? I think it started with, with me interviewing Brian and, and reaching out to him and, and Brian, you being so gracious to accept, but all along I knew in the back of my head, I think Jake is going to be there too. And, and you guys do these things together and it's very seamless. Um, so there, there, there does seem to be. Um, a strong connection. And, and I guess it's just from working together for so long from an, from an early age. Um, by the way, favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, people oh. aren't going to say the title, but for me, it's got to be Lionheart. What about you guys? I'm Lionheart, bro. I was just watching that actually a couple days yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm not alone then, right? <laughs> okay. I'm not alone. Good. I, I just figured, you know, some people go back further with him, so it's like, oh, uh-huh. that wasn't his best his best stuff. But Love for me, book. for me, yeah, Lionheart is definitely the one. Uh, you guys started uh, officially with a short called Love Struck in 2012. Um, that's a little bit outside of what you do now. So talk about Love Struck and how that came to be. Well, actually, it was funny because we did some stuff before that was more like trailer and like little pieces because we started a, an entertainment company. So mm-hmm. we started doing DJ video and photography for weddings. And um, we kind of got hit with the bug again because um, we kind of got out of it for a little bit because we started in music years before. So it's kind of it's weird. It came back circle around to back to film. Legitly, we met a friend that was doing stuff. And then we said, you know what, we're going to enter a competition which was the action film challenge um in 2012 and make a short film and see if we can win some awards and we did a film called love struck which was actually an action film but we wanted to do something a little different around the action genre so we named it like love struck to kind of make it stand out and it had like a i don't know kind of like a thriller aspect to it i don't know what would you categorize that as jake Action, love. Action, action love. Action, yeah. romance. Yeah. Romance, action. <laughs> so we did that, and then we won a award for best villain and best actor, and it was just kind of we kind of started working from there to other projects. We wanted to do a feature, you know. Yes. Yeah. And you guys did do a feature. You guys moved straight from Love Struck over into House Guest, yep. and um, or I guess officially it's House Guest Massacre, and. Uh, Brian, I know you've been quoted and, and and you have some really strong opinions about the kind of money and creativity that should go into place when you create your first feature film. And and even you have a 
some really interesting talk tracks around um, the process of that and not being perfect and, um, um, you know, being okay with, with losing a little cash to, but what the main thing is getting it done. So I don't want to speak for you completely, but I do want you to talk a little bit about um, how you made um, house guest massacre and um, what were some of the things you guys learned from that you can give to the, to the audience. So just to kind of break it down, like we had an idea for a movie. Um, the guy we worked with in love struck. So this is a kind of connect the guy we worked with in love struck was an executive producer on it. Now, granted, he only put up three grand for House Guest Massacre, but we did Love Struck. He loved what we did on it, and he was like, we were like, yo, I want to make a feature, and he was like, well, I'd be willing to put up some money for that. And I said, really? And I said, well, how much would you be willing to put up? And he was like, three grand. And for me, I was like, shit, like I can make a movie on three grand. Like let's make this happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, Like because I just – I. the, the biggest thing for us was like, it's all about getting started. Um, it, it's not about waiting for somebody to give you money per se, which he did give us money to be a part of it, but he wanted something in return. He wanted to play a lead actor. So we put him in the lead actor part. Um, I think I was, yeah, I was an actor on it. And then we had other people surrounding it, but it was more or less keeping it simple, simplistic, um, not perfection. Um, because ultimately you're going to make mistakes on your first feature film. We all do. And we look back and we go, oh, we could have did this, we could have did that. And we're going to do that continuously throughout our careers. But I I think it's getting it done, completing it and moving on. Because, you know, to be honest with you, I was a high school dropout. So for me, we actually reached a part in the movie where we actually shot a full day of filming and we didn't get any audio. And we kind of were really – ourselves yeah we were really down on ourselves that day and it really hit us and me and jake were talking that night and you know jake was kind of down on like doing the film and like oh we fucked up blah 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 it's it's over i'm quitting yeah and it was like (laughs) our film career is over and we were like you know what i said you know what dude dropped out of high school dude i said we're not stopping on this movie like we're gonna finish this shit out and it doesn't matter like we'll just lie to the cast i know it's fucked up but it's like we'll, we'll just lie to the cast we'll say hey you know we we you know, we ended up – all the footage got deleted. We got to reshoot. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, we ended up saying that and making it work because you don't want to get your cast and crew down. You don't want to let them know you're complete boneheads because we don't know exactly what we're doing. But we, when we make a decision, we decide to do that. We decide. We decide. We make that decision to, to move forward and, and make that feature. You have to complete it, and that's important to us. When we make a decision – we stick to that decision. We decided to do that and we complete it. And from being a high school dropout, that really kind of resonated with me. So it was like, we're going to finish this film. And we stuck through. We ended up finished the film, having a cool premiere and all that good stuff. And it, and it, and for us, I felt like it was a big uh, turning point, would you say, dude, for us? I mean, we completed a film. We completed a yeah. feature film. I mean, not a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people say, yo, I got a short film. Cool. That's really cool. But. A feature film, I think people look at you different when you have a feature film, you know, and that's what we wanted. We wanted to be like, all right, we've completed a feature film now. So I think more people are going to look at us different, like, oh, wow, wow. That was that was the mindset. Right. And it's it's true because I think a feature, when it comes to the pre-production, the shooting, and then the post, and then the push at the end to, to get it sold or to self-distribute it, it's an order of magnitude 
higher uh, in effort and, and, and in all ways than a short. Matter of fact, many filmmakers consider a short a lost leader. So they're going into it thinking, I'm making this to market my own talents or market some actor's talents or something like that. And I don't expect to make any money back at all. Um, I would disagree. I think there are, there are ways. But, um, but most of filmmakers go into shorts that way. When you go into a feature, you never go into to it assuming you're going to lose all the money you spent to make it. That's, that's not what you do. That's not what the effort is there for. So, yeah, Jake, I, I agree. I, I think, yeah, you go into a feature and you get it completed. People should look at you differently because it's a different type of effort, you know, completely. Um, and I, I love the mindset, by the way, nothing to be ashamed of. Um, Chad McLaren has this, uh, who's a filmmaker, um, great filmmaker in Nashville. He has a story about a camera that he spent money on actually malfunctioning uh, in the transfer process from, from camera to, to drive. And, uh, the excuse he used is, okay, that was great guys. Uh, now let's do this next one for camera. (laughs) (laughs) So he's, he's pretending as if that was just like a run through, uh, when he's supposed to be getting it. And, uh, you know, the the director on the film, of course, isn't going to call his guy out because for the reason you said, you know, you don't want to look like boneheads in front of your cast and crew. But of course, they had a nice little talking, you know, behind closed doors after the whole thing was done. Right. So um, and I also just love the attitude of, of burn your ships. You guys, you guys exude that in, in, in everything that you do. And, and in my short time with you, you know, you get it was like I said earlier, it was a palpable feeling like you guys are going to make a decision. You're going to go for it. There are no ships to hop on to go back. And so the only way is to go forward through whatever obstacle is in front of you. And so, you know, kudos to you. Um, I know that our listeners um, are independent creatives in all parts of the sort of the film ecosystem. And they're going to want to know some of these creative because, Brian, I know you've been quoted as saying, uh, instead of throwing money at a problem, throw creativity at it. So what are some of the creative tips and tricks you guys use to save money uh, on your films? I mean, for me personally, a lot of times it's just selling the passion. Um, I mean, who are you dealing with? What's What do they want out of the deal? You know, a lot of people think it's all about money, but when you're dealing with filmmakers, it's what do they want? What do they really want out of this project? Um, does Do the actors want stuff for their demo reel? Um, do, do the cast and crew just want a tribe to be a part of, because as humans, we're very tribal. Mm -hmm. So do they want people to surround themselves with that feel a part of something? Um, so I think it's just, and and people, you know, say, uh, have a dirty, uh, dirty word around sales, but it's all selling and, and it's finding out what people really want rather than throwing cash at it. Um, and that's something I've always used at least on my aspect of, of getting people involved, you know, do they want publicity? Do they want to get known? Um, in the case of haunted tours, you know, we had an investigator and a host where, you know, they wanted to blow up their brands a little bit. So we helped them on the aspect of putting them the leads in the show. Mm -hmm. So just finding out what people want, you know, Jake, you got any insight? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I had, I have a DP background. I've, I've, we, I owned all the cameras. Um, 
So for me, I can film, I can direct. So we didn't have to get a director or a DP. We teamed up, we did all that, you know, like, you know, Brian ran sound, you know, Brian, the producer of the show ran sound. Got it. I ran camera. So, you know, utilizing what you have access to, I think that's what we did. Yeah, and I think you guys are so special in that way in the sense that so many creatives, so many great artists are good at the thing they do and, and nothing else. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you how many artists I know that like can't keep their car clean, for example, <laughs> or their house because they're just they're just doing their art all day long. But they also can't sell. Right. They can't brand or, you know, they're, they're great at this thing, but they're not good at at making sure that that you know, they get the props they need or getting the talent they need or that, that thing, you know, selling the passion or, you know, they, they use the camera, but they couldn't roll sound if they needed to. And so uh, you guys being the jack of sort of all trades and maybe the master of, of a few um, uh, has, has helped out greatly. It sounds like, so yeah, kudos. Those are good. Those are good tips. So listening to that, I think if, if you're a listener of this podcast and, and you're looking at ways to shave dollars off your budget, um, you know, try to learn as much of the craft as possible and be serviceable, serviceable in as many areas as you can. I, I am curious, how did you overcome like uh, locations, uh, crafty, things like that? I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, granted, like, Right, you shoot in one house, right? You shoot in one house, you just cook the food right in the kitchen, you know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, and you like you order pizza and stuff. Like the biggest thing for like for us is like, okay, look, what do we have? Like, okay, we're gonna shoot it in one house. We can cook the food in the house, you know, rice and beans or whatever, you know. <laughs> rice and beans and chicken, like I love when Randy cooked rice and beans and yeah, chicken. Yeah, like we know like this is the big thing. Like we never went into it being like, Okay, I'm gonna make, you know, I'm going to make the next big thing. It wasn't that on the first film or even the second film. It was just to make something. It was to get something done. Like, let's let's get that. Let's conquer that first and then, you know, see where that goes. Right. Ultimately, you know, everybody sees – and I, I, I say this a lot and stuff, but, like, everybody sees the tip of the iceberg. They're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, um, Steven Spielberg with Jaws. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, what did he make way before that? You know, that's what you got to look at because that's your journey. What is your journey? And your journey is not going to be the same as his and or ours or yours. Like, you know, you come from a different background as us or maybe somewhat similar but a little different. And I think filmmakers are going to have their own journey to conquer. So whether they're a sound guy trying to make their first feature or a DP trying to make their first feature or a director – you're going to be able to utilize the skills you have and then sell people to utilize their skills around yours and work together. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I do. And and you guys do a great job of, you know, you kind of make me feel like um, you give me the vibe of being like the film version of Gary Vaynerchuk. And you, you guys are, <laughs> there you go. You guys are filming everything and documenting everything, documenting the entire journey. And I know you're going to let us know this information at the end of our conversation, but on your website at jobbertbrothers.com, um, you can watch 
this these videos you can watch it's almost episodic it's like a show you can watch uh the guys um sort of you know do their thing and uh it, it was a it's actually fun it's very entertaining I, I watched all those episodes uh in preparation for this so um kudos to you for like documenting the journey and having something to say every time Thanks for watching, yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. I mean, yeah, Gary, Gary, yeah, Gary V is kind of why we started doing that because of him. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we wanted to show because we wanted to show like if you look at the first videos, like we're in we're in like an apartment, I think at one point. So it's like, and and we literally visualized, and this is what's crazy. We visualized like having a studio, and then like within the episode, you see us getting a studio, and then you see us at Spooky, and it's like it's. It's kind of surreal, even to me, to look back on. It's like, oh crap, we did yeah. a lot. <laughs> and then, then we're like, yo, we want to like, we want to speak, you know, we want to, we want to speak on stage, like we want to do that, you know. And yes. then we did that. We did that with you, that you know. Cool. And that was that was our second time doing that in front of people like that. Like that was that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was a blast. It really was, and. Um... Yeah, it is. You could see the whole journey play out. And for those who don't know, Spooky is a conference um, around horror films uh, that they attended. Uh, that's what Brian was referencing there. Um, you guys grew up in Florida, right? Yes. Have you ever... In, look, we have a, a great friend of the podcast. We've worked with them, Ryan Hartsock. His his thing is he learned from Ralph Winter and Brian Singer. Um produce where you are. So this isn't the, the context of this question isn't to say you should be doing this, but I am curious, were you guys ever tempted to move to Atlanta or LA or New York? And, uh, and, and if so, why didn't you make the move? We were tempted at one time. We actually did a video about moving to LA and we were close, but we, we realized that like, you don't need to go out there. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. And like this day and age, like you can make a movie anywhere. The, the good thing about LA is the contacts, right? Like ultimately that's, that's where they're doing business. That's where the money is. That's where, you know, if, if you want to get cast as a main actor or a main talent as a director, yeah, you want to be out there, but we're doing something a little different. So instead of Hollywood, we're building jo building Jollywood, mm -hmm. so it, it it's not quite as cool as Hollywood yet, but we're, we're making it so. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I saw that uh, the Jollywood graphic. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's fine. I I think everybody gets to that point where they're like, "Am I going to achieve what I want to achieve here?" And I never begrudge anybody that makes the move, but I do think because of the internet and because of technology and um, equipment, hardware at scale, distribution at scale, it's not a prerequisite anymore. I think um, I think you still should move if you're a writer. That's just my own opinion. Um, just so that you can be in the circle of writers, there's so few paid writers. Uh, in all of entertainment, I think it would shock people to know that that like the number's somewhere under two thousand um, total. Um, but as far as making the films, no, I think I think um, I think it's fine. So just curious about that. So thank you for for that answer. Um, I know that uh, 
you've commented a few times, Brian, that um, that you wanted you started as an actor in front of the camera, mm-hmm. and Jake, to me, you're that you're like the medium. You do a lot of things with the camera, obviously, but you're also like the social media mogul of the team. Like you're the guy who pushes content and knows how to make it and knows how to make it look right. And I assume you're behind there editing as well. But both of you guys landed on horror film producing. Uh, when did you make the decision? And and do you guys want to do other things? Is is there still like a hankering to be the actor? Or- uh, well, I mean, as far as acting goes, there's one role I want to play, and I'm not. We'll discuss. <laughs> well, we will tell you what we're gonna do. We will tell you. <laughs> we'll, tell, we'll tell you now. Okay. We'll tell you towards the end exactly what we're gonna do. Okay. Because. We believe in manifesting and putting it out there. Okay, we're going to so put we'll it out on this it. podcast. We'll save it to the end of what we want to do and what we are going to do. Um, but he will act in, in one film for sure. And what was the other question? Just when you made the switch to, to say we're Got going it. to be horror producers only. Like you're, you're, oh, very, you're very focused on this genre. We were. Uh, we were. And but, we but, did. But, but when you're a, you were a kid, you liked action movies. You liked Rocky. You liked – Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. So when did you make that switch and why? Okay. So we did our first feature film and we, we worked with Alex Vincent, who was the star of uh, child's play one and two. Yep. Anybody knows? And our marketing kind of came in the brain. So we kind of did a few more Chucky's as well. I believe he He was in one, you know, right around the time our house guest came out, his uh, new Chucky came out. So we were kind of marketing, kind of planning for that to kind of piggyback off it. Um, That's just me thinking about marketing. But so we went to these spooky empires. And we're like, wow, there's a big market for this. This is really cool. You know, so we can use this to make more content like, OK, house guest. And then we did a pilot called 10 Seconds to Run, which Rob Mello was in. He was in Happy Death Day, which was a horror film. And um, then we did Haunted Tours, which was horror uh, paranormal. And then we did Share Your Scare, which was paranormal. And then right around in Terra Talk, which was paranormal. And then right around a couple months ago, we said we don't really want to do this stuff anymore. <laughs> I just have no inspiration to do this type of content. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't. I won't do it. I won't do it, right? <laughs> like, what do we want to do? What do we truly want? I think throughout your career, you know, you're going to change, right? You're going to adapt. You're going to become a different person throughout the age groups of what you do. So, where we're at now, we want to kind of do something different. We don't want to do that anymore. We're not inspired to do that anymore. I think if you do something that you're not inspired to do, I don't think you're going to get the best product. Right. And this is kind of like breaking news. This is exciting. This is new for us, and we just <laughs> yeah. go with it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what the future is going to hold, but I know what we're passionate about doing right now. Yeah. And like you said, action movies. Boom. We love that. And there's one thing we've really been getting into, which is social skills. We've been going to all these networking events. Like we met you, uh, Chris, and and we love it. You know, we've, we, we, we're, we're not very social. We, we didn't grow up very social, or at least for me. No. Jake, I didn't grow up very social. I didn't either. Yeah, I was very shy. And I'm like, I have to, I have to fix this part of my life, you know? Mm. So started studying things and, and learning how to communicate and – we went to these networking events and and the main thing is just you realize it's just being yourself, you know, just be you, but in a way that communicates 
to people that that makes sense. Like who you are. Right. Yeah. Of who you are and be able to engage with somebody in a way that, you know, it's a win-win for both parties. Just that's important. So um, there was a book that was made back in 2005 called The Game. Mm-hmm. Pickup Artist. I'm aware of it. Yes. So we're putting together a trailer and we're going to produce that film. Wow. Make that a film. Yeah. That's awesome. So you have the rights to it? Well, we're working on that right now, but (laughs) we're testing it. And you've seen us in action, so you know. (laughs) Yeah, if anybody can do it, it's you too, man. I got all the faith in the world. We would Um, love that film. We will do that film for sure. And then there's one other one we're going to do. Should we? You want to tell? I mean, that's. I mean, why keep things secret in Jollywood? This ain't Hollywood. This is Jollywood. <laughs> we're not keeping anything a secret. We're gonna tell you what we're so gonna do. So y'all can steal our ideas. Steal it. I mean, but you're <laughs> never gonna do, find a guy that looks like him. So we're or gonna do like the blood sport. So you know our blood sport. So our goal is to remake blood sport into the blood sport, and I want to play the son of Jean Claude Van Damme because I grew up actually idolizing Van Damme. So I can do all the splits, all the kicks. All the flips, all the stuff he does. Wow! So we're gonna we're gonna try to recreate that in the next few months um, to put together a really good sizzle to uh, start taking it to market and see what happens. That's super exciting, man! That's gonna be that's gonna be awesome. And the coolest thing is, I can already hear it in your voice, like how energetic and passionate you are about these two projects. I, like it's like it comes through. Even it comes through in the headphones. It's it's amazing how just the tone shifts when you talk about something you're really, you know, super into. And, you know, I've spent my life at these networking events, it feels like, and, and meeting people and, and connecting people. And I think the general advice is, you know, hey, be, just be you. But I think we're to go one more layer deeper. The reason why it's so difficult for people to be themselves sometimes is because they're ashamed of who they are. Well, and they're scared. Yeah, they're scared to be who they really are. And it's it's hard. It's really hard. So, you know, I never look down on people because no. yeah. I was a guy, you know, and I'm probably still a little bit that guy, right? How did we defeat it? We actually defeated it by actually cold approaching uh, women. And dudes. And, and, and dudes, dudes and, and people in general. Just cold approaching and being able to say – Hey, what's up? And and talk to him, have a conversation, and getting over that fear, and just random, just in random places, we would do it anywhere, you know, in the store, in the grocery store, at nightclubs, anywhere. And now it's it's such a a huge asset, and I think every filmmaker can learn from this, um, because you never know who you're going to meet, and it's crazy, you know, you never know who you're sitting next to. Yeah, it's very true, and and the thing about that shame, which. You know, it's it's something you do have to try to get over because the thing about it is the thing that makes you who you are. If you don't like the thing about yourself that makes you who you are, then it's very difficult to ask someone just to be themselves. But I think that through your approach, like where you go up to someone and you're just going to break the ice and just get over it. What you find out is people are just as afraid to meet you as you are to meet them. And when you do that over and over, you find out that the thing you might hate or dislike about yourself that makes you authentically you, other people don't hate it. And so why are you judging yourself so hard? And you get over it. Yeah. Yes. You, it puts you, it puts you, it puts your back up against the wall and 
this is everything. I think this is everything. Communication and engagement is everything. It's, I mean, unless you're just super, super creative and you got somebody that can engage for you, you know, yeah, I guess that could work too. That was perfectly said. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And, and I know it's a vulnerable spot for you, Jake. So thank you for, for sharing that. That's, that's going to be super helpful. Um, you guys mentioned uh, that you do these ha- do uh, haunted tours. Tell everybody what that is. Um, haunted tours is a, a paranormal reality show where we document the paranormal. Um, and we went in and we did all of Florida for the first season. It's on Amazon Prime, and it, it's a real feel of us investigating um, the paranormal. And we actually went into it not believing in it, and not believing in energy, and not believing in spirits and things like that um and i think we came out the other side with a little bit of a different opinion and sit somewhere (laughs) well yeah i would say that show is even part of our journey right because we're in it i'm filming brian's brian's a personality on the show as well and if if i would do haunted tours too i would do haunted tours too to show the light so haunted tours one was more of like the darkness Mm -hmm. haunted tours two would be more of the light Got it. Yeah. And I watched those um, clips and I, I was getting creeped out. Uh, some of the filming and the the angles you guys chose were very smart because it, it made, you know, the interview seem a little bit more creepy. And uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, it, it was, it, you know, it, it was it's an interesting thing. And, and it kind of stole my question. I was going to ask you, do you guys believe in ghosts um, at the end of this conversation? But it sounds like you you might now. But but you believe in friendly ghosts and evil ghosts. I you know it's weird, dude. I, I'm at a point now where it's not so much the ghost. There's energetic things that I think that um you communicate. It, it's communication energetically that I feel, and I think that uh, you can put off. So I I don't so much believe in the ghost aspect, but there's something energetically going on, I, if that makes sense. For mm-hmm. me, it's like, okay, learning the game stuff and, and communication skills, the social stuff. There's an inner – I feel like there's – we're all made of energy. I know. We're all made of energy. I sound like a weirdo, right? No, but <laughs> – No, Stephen Hawking said we're all made of stars. We're all stardust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, you're like – what is all this, you know, and doing haunted tours, like we said, we were just doing it for like entertainment or like, I don't know, but then there's people, a lot of people think there is. And then, you know, part of our journey, we're learning this other stuff and then you feel stuff within yourself and you're like, what is this? So now we're really deep on the energy stuff and it's super cool. It's just been a a crazy experience. And now we have new passions to do, you know, the game film and and, and different things like that. So, Mm. It's interesting because it's not, I think the thing people might perceive as ghosts are actually just energy and bursts of energy that may even come from, you know, parallel or alternate universes. So maybe the combination of those two ideas, and that's what we perceive as a spirit or a ghost. And it might just be a misplaced uh, life. Uh, whole nother podcast <laughs> exactly <laughs> what's going on here <laughs> well, well, well well look they, they say that every time a dna gene duplicates itself which is how we all get to live once it does that it makes one error i think every billion mm. and that's what creates evolution or creates mutations 
So what if the transferal in death makes a mistake every hundred thousand people, every million people? Right. And that that thing that happens when the 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 conscious you leaves your body and leaves your vessel, there's an error. And every once in a while, there's a mutation and that mutation gets left in a place it's not supposed to be. So that's a possibility. You're, you're going to be on Haunted Tours too. <laughs> <laughs> no, what did you say in the beginning of the podcast? What did you say about us? Um, inter- I talked about your energy. I did. Yeah. So you were like, wow, these guys have great energy. So did we cultivate that through time and through the our experiences of trying to become better? Because, I mean, we constantly work on ourselves every day. So it's, we're not just out making films, right? Yeah. We're making ourselves better people. And I think with that, we'll progress in any area of our lives, whether it's filmmaking or anything that we do. So what is success? What is filmmaking? You know, so I think if people feel stuck, if you feel stuck as a filmmaker, is it the fact that you're not a good filmmaker? Or is there something deeper going on that's holding you back? Oh, that's a great. That's a great question, and so it's a wonderful open-ended question. I might use that as the quote when we promote this because that is is super powerful, um, just on its surface, uh, for sure. Uh, you guys have been so cool and so generous with your time. I actually have a few more questions. Are, are we good? Yes. Yeah, let's do it. All right. You mentioned being on Amazon Prime. Um, I think that would make a lot of filmmakers happy in their journey just to make it to that point. Um, why don't you think more filmmakers self-distribute? I think uh, this is, is my opinion. I think a lot of filmmakers are scared of it. I think it it doesn't, it doesn't have the fanciness around it. It's, it's not Hollywood. It's not somebody picked up my movie or somebody picked up my show. And I think that's something that's a stigma within the industry. So what happens is the industry is very known for even back in the day, like taking actors and making them famous and then owning them. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, nowadays we own our own shit. So I grew up in an era where it was like Jay-Z and Rockefeller and people like that, where it was like, yo, these dudes are doing their own record companies and making their own money and, and making it as artists. So I'm like, and that's how I kind of grew up as an artist. I'm like, well, I want to own my own shit. And that's how I kind of came up in the film thing. It was like, well, why do I want to give this to a company that's not going to give me anything, but right. yet they're going to take it and then they're going to put it out there. Oh, we're going to get your movie on this, this, and this. Okay, that's cool. Well, uh, I mean, am I getting any money for this? Like, what's going on? Yeah, well, you're going to get a split. That, well, I don't want to split. Like, you know, I made the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care if I made it on three grand or 10 grand or five grand or 500 grand or a million. doesn't matter. The point is, is I want to see the money back. So I took that approach to it. And it was like, well, I'm not going to give them my movie unless they're giving something back. I'd rather just self-distribute um, and put it out to a marketplace and own the content. So it's taking ownership of who you are and what you created and owning it just like they did with the music industry, I would say, years ago um, when it was falling apart, if that makes sense. It really does. And uh, the thing that Nick and I warn filmmakers about, especially independent filmmakers who have no studio support, uh, maybe they made a film, it didn't go to Cannes, it didn't go to Sundance, you know, didn't go to Toronto. Um, There's a whole cottage industry out there 
that um, is designed to to take advantage of the filmmaker, the independent filmmaker. And, and we really warn our, our friends and colleagues and associates and clients about this. And, and you said it directly and spot on, Brian. Basically, the companies, how they run is they trade no value for your IP. So they take your IP They'll either license the rights for 15 or 20 years or they'll own it outright. They'll just say, we own this movie. And you get no money up front for that. So you traded all that IP for nothing. And what, you, what you've agreed to is a promise to get paid sometime in the future, whether it be contractually time limited, so 12, 24 months, 36 months, et cetera, or just you know whatever the gross and net receipts are minus the... Uh, cost of the administration and the marketing, right? Yeah. Which you have zero control over, by the way. Uh, they could tell you that their secretary makes $25 an hour and that's what it costs for her to, to you know, <laughs> put your movie into an Excel file and that gets charged against your production. So it's very hard to break even. Yeah. Um, there are even some organizations out there that take your movie and then they run off with your movie and let's say a slate of other films and then they go to banks, they go to high net worth individuals, and they leverage the ownership of your IP to get bank loans and investments and things like that. And then they turn around with that money and fund their life, their company and other investments. Wow. And meanwhile, you are left holding your dick or vagina. Uh, and so and and so I think that if we can advocate and, and, and preach self-distribution in 2019, uh, I think we do a value and a service to all filmmakers. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it depends on the project too. Like, you know, it depends on how much they got into it. Like, you know, do they got a couple million? Well, maybe you're, you're, you're good with partnering somebody like Sony pictures or Lionsgate, you know, cause I've have seen some good deals. We worked on a movie with, uh, uh, Burt Reynolds and Amy Smart called Apple on my eye that I was a co-producer on. And I think she did – the producer I worked with did pretty well on it and they they, they sold it off to Sony. So um, you know, I think it just – you know, I think it depends on the project. You know what I'm saying? I do and I completely agree. So what I just said doesn't mean to say that there are no good companies. But, I, mm-hmm. but, I, but there is a cottage industry. There is a basket of companies out there that look very legitimate, look like they have your best interest at heart, and they do not. Um, they have, they, they're basically running a shell game, so a business inside of a business. And then there are those who can't afford to be shady. So you just said Sony Pictures. Well, everyone knows who they are. So yeah, right. they, they can be sued. Uh, they're, they're going to play the game on the up and up. Um, you know, you know, the Orchard is a great organization to have a movie with, for example. And, you know, just speaking in the world of independent film, uh, of course, studio films have a completely different model with a completely different funding structure based on foreign pre-sales. Right. So um, t- totally different animal. So, yeah. So thank you for mentioning that. I don't want to demonize all independent filmmaking distributors, sales agents, et cetera. Uh, there is a small band of these companies that are do not have your best interest at heart and, and that the business of taking your IP is their business. Um, 
So yeah, very, very good. Jake, do you have any, any thoughts on, uh, self-distribution? <laughs> um, man, you know what? Like you can just, it, I don't even know if it's, all, if it's on self-distribution, man. It, it's like, you're going to go through, you're going to go through your journey. Like I know for us, man, we would be in hotel rooms. Just, I mean, I went to, we went to the AFM and I was like, man, we would get pissed sometimes, man. Filmmakers are getting fucked. What's going on? <laughs> like you get so like, I don't know what your experience was, but I know what my experience and, and Brian and our experience together was. But, like, you go through different elements. Like, you make your first film, and, like, a distributor doesn't want to give you anything for it. And it's like, all right, fine. I'll fucking self-distribute this myself. Fine. Mm-hmm. And then you go out, and you get you do a pilot, and you spend your own money. And you're like, all right, we're going to get this pilot picked up. Pilot doesn't get picked up. Damn, all right. Back at it again. So we do Haunted Tours. We do Haunted Tours. All right, boom. All right, we self-distribute that, right? Haunted Tours did good. Why? You know, because we did the marketing. Like, we went out. Like, I learned how to do marketing. I didn't know... I didn't know how to do marketing. You know, Brian was good at sales. He was good at selling. I'm like, all right, I can take on the marketing. So we might as well divvy it up, right? So, you know, I put time in. I learned it, you know, and we went out and we pushed it, and it did good. You know, we made our money back. We made a little bit of money, and it got out there, and that was cool. And so we were like, all right, we're going to do this again. We're going to try to replicate this. So we did Share Your Scare. Share Your Scare did pretty good, you know. We did it in the studio. We're like, I have a studio now. And, and now it's like, do we do another movie? You know, we did Terror Talk as well, and that did good too. But, you know, we're not like millionaires. We're not making like all this money. You know, we're struggling. We're still struggling. It's. I think it's always going to be like that. But I think it's pushing through – you're pushing through different paradigms and, and different elements. And, and I know for us, we'll be in hotel rooms just discussing it. And, you know, we're not perfect human beings. And if filmmakers are listening to this and, you know, I know, I know, like they're going through stuff. And then they struggle like, man – Am I ever going to make it? Am I ever going to make it? Well, do you ever really make it? You know, or is it just what is making it? Yeah. Like, you know, what is it in your head of making it? Like, I know when we did music, it was like, oh, we're going to get signed to a deal. We made it. Guess what? We got signed to a deal. Technically, we didn't make it. Did we put a limit <laughs> on ourselves saying we just want to get signed? And we did. But maybe that was the point. Maybe that's what we thought we wanted. So we've come into a new paradigm now through our career and I don't know where your filmmakers are listening and you know, maybe they're just on their first feature and maybe some of our story can help them with that. But you know, we've done, um, I don't know, two features, a TV pilot and two TV shows, you know, and we want, you know, now we're on a new, we're at a new place in our career. Ultimately we want to take it to that next level. We built a good, and I think every filmmaker has got to do this. You got to build a good foundation and you may that be that one breakout like Rodriguez. You may be uh, the Quentin Tarantino that breaks out. Um, but ultimately, we know we're building a good foundation. And, and on any good foundation, you can build up upon that. You know, um, you know, I got to come from a construction background, so that's kind of how I think. Um, and that's where we're at now. So now it's time to take it to that next level of okay, we did this, this, and this. Let's really like it's it's time to put our big boy pants on. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. And, and thank you so much for that. That was in depth and, and perfect for, for our audience. Um, this is a question we like to ask filmmakers um, and uh, directors and, and producers specifically. Um, if you had one month to teach someone how to 
either be a filmmaker or direct a film or produce a film, you can pick the concentration. What are the first three things you would teach them? So at the end of this month, they have to be competent. They have to be able to go out and just do it themselves. What would be the first three things you would teach them about making a film? Yeah, I think what you do is you go get a camera, whatever money you have. If you don't have money, use your iPhone or your phone. If you don't have a phone, you're I don't know what you're doing. Okay, so you get that. You come up with an idea. Where you're at? What are you doing? What do you have? Do you have your apartment? Do you have a bedroom? You go out and you make something. And when you feel the success of completing something, you are. That's what you are, a filmmaker. Whether it's good or not, I think if it's good – like our projects, you know, are they perfect? I mean, that is art, right? People don't know. If you complete a full project, you're, I would say you're a filmmaker. You completed a film, you know? There you go. Yes, sir. Whether it breaks out or not, I mean, I mean it, it, it's, there's no fancy, there's no easy, like there's no, you can't, I couldn't even like go into depth on it really. It's just like pick up a camera, just shoot stuff, whatever you feel in your gut, how it should be shot. Show, throw some lights up and shoot. I mean, that's what we did, you know? And then we just adapt and learn from there. It's like talking to somebody. All right, let's go do this. Oh, hey, oh, get, you know, they kind of leave. And you do it again and you get really, and you just you just keep doing it. I, is I mean, there, as the, as the DP in the group, Jake, is there anything technical that you would teach them in that month about, about using their camera, even if it's an iPhone? Let, yeah. me, let me give them three things. This is Brian. I want to step in real quick. Um, three things that I feel if you want to be a filmmaker, I would teach filmmakers, learn to run camera, learn to sell and learn to run sound. That's my three things, but I'll let Jake take over from there. Very good. Um, so more technical skills is like, like you don't need, I would say you don't even need lights. Like just you light the background and you light the side of the face and you shoot it. Right. And you, you, you know, I don't know. I've always had just a knack can i tell a story about that like jake yeah Please. okay this is crazy because when we were kids like i was the one always like like um putting things together right i'd more producer and ended up let's do this 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 i came home from school one day and jake shot this movie and this is crazy because we had the tickle me elmo doll and i don't know how <laughs> but he shot a movie with my sister and it was so well put together even as a kid, I can remember having a feeling like, holy shit, like, man, he's better than me. This is great. What the heck? Like, so like Jake had a knack for framing. He had a knack for, I don't know what it was, but as a kid, he shot this little Elmo movie with my sister in the living room. And I, it sticks with me to this day. He just, the way he shot it was really good. Cause me, I just throw a camera up, you know what I'm right. saying? And think about it. Jake, I don't know what he did, but naturally he was gifted that way. Just, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's something that happens when I get behind a camera. If I'm holding a camera, there's something that happens. Like I get in the zone. Like I remember where everything is. Someone asked me something. I'm like, it's just a zone that you, you're in. And uh, I'm sure you can you know relate in, in aspects of what you do, Chris, or anybody listening. So it's really hard to teach certain things if you just don't have that knack. But – as long as you – okay, here we go. Wide, medium, close, creative. If you're shooting a scene, wide, medium, close-ups, creative. That's it. I mean a guy taught me this. He's just like start wide, 
go medium, go close. That's your scene. You want to add to time, you can, right? If we're doing a, a two shot, it's like, okay, you sit at that table, wide shot, close up, over the shoulders, you're done. I mean, what more do you need, right? And then go for creative if you want to do it. So that's kind of my model and how I do it. And then, you know, I just throw lights up. You know, I don't overthink it. I just get a couple lights. I, 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 I and I just tweak it from there. Now, just to be clear, when you say go for creative, what is that? Okay. So creative is like, okay, say you're in a restaurant, okay? And you do like, you have the two, you have two people, think of two people at a table talking to each other. All you right, have, met Sally. Yep. Yes. You have the wide shot. Boom. You shoot your, you shoot your basic wide shot. You shoot your, your medium shot and you shoot your two over the shoulder shots. And then for creative, you can maybe kind of go, you can kind of go far back with maybe like an 85 and kind of dolly and have kind of plant or have other people in this. You know what I mean? Right. And you can get creative or do some like a crane shot or something that really kind of spices the scene up as opposed to just your basic wide, medium, over the shoulders. And then inserts. Yes. That's, yeah. that's really to, to kind of to make to dummy it down is that's kind of I mean, I still use that today. I don't do shot list. I don't use a shot list. Wow. I run camera. I direct and I don't use a shot list. And a lot of times I'll go and I'll read the page the day of right before I'm about to shoot the scene. I just have a knack for it, man. I, you know, I just go in and I feel what I do is I, I play the, I let the actors perform the scene, how they want to do it. I don't tell them how to do it. You know, this, you know, the scene, do the scene and I feel the scene and I shoot what I feel. Got it. That's yeah. it's incredible. It's almost like uh, what Jay Z does with uh, not you know not writing any of his raps. He's just it's just happening in his head. And, and then I thought the, the, I was lazy. Like I didn't want to do a shot list at first. I was like, am I being lazy? I just don't want to do a shot list. And then throughout time, I'm like, no, I just can't sit down and do a shot. It doesn't make sense. I have to be in the scene. I got to feel the actors. A lot of time, actors will just good a good actor. I work with some good actors. I work with bad actors too. And the good actors, they just take things the way they feel. I mean, Michael Milhone, we shot a pilot, 10 Seconds to Run. Our first, like, you know, actor who's been on these big movie sets and stuff. It was amazing for us. We were like, whoa, this is so cool. And he just, you can feel he was in the scene and he just did his thing. He would, he grabbed this ice cream out of the thing. Like, I didn't tell him to do that. He did that. Like, how can I direct, <laughs> grab an ice cream and just start eating it? I was like, whoa, this is amazing. So I think people at a higher level or, you know, doing their thing is they they go more feeling than structure. I mean whatever. It becomes it becomes cerebral once you have the technical down. I think I think so, man. I really do. Cause that's kind of what's happening to me. I thought I was just lazy. Like I didn't want to do a shot list, but then I realized, wow, I just I perform better in it. You yeah, know. you thought you were lazy, and it turns out you're Jay Z. So, okay, yeah, <laughs> so, you're a rapper. So, 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 so there you go. Um, you guys uh, have been so awesome. This has been a blast. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you on uh, social media and on the internet. Oh, and uh, well, I mean, if they want to mainly contact us, they can catch us at jobberbrothers.com. And it has all our social media links there for the Hack in Hollywood Pitch Fest and all that good stuff. 
And that's um, J-A-L-B-E-R-T-B-R-O-T-H-E-R-S.com. Yeah, yeah, that's, and they can find us directly there. Or they look us up, Jalbert Brothers on Facebook, Jalbert Brothers on Instagram. Um, we'll come up, we'll be running our mouths like we normally do. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that that's great. And um, uh, please, so those listening, you guys want to be part of this energy that we've been talking about for the last uh, hour here. Um, you want to be a part of what is going on with them, um, get a better sense of what they're doing, maybe even form some partnerships. Uh, you never know. Uh, go out, see them on Instagram, like all their photos, like all their videos, watch all their stuff. I promise you, you'll be entertained. Uh, last question, uh, gentlemen, uh, you guys decided to start your own conference called the Hollywood Pitch Fest. What is it? When is it? And why did you why did you start it? Well, okay, so it's called the Hack in Hollywood Pitch Fest. It's taking place January 11th and 12th. I actually uh, came up with the idea once I seen Filmcom and Napti and Real Screen and AFM and all these other events, and I wanted to bring something to our area that was similar, um, but had our vibe um, and had a realness to it. Um, which I actually like about film comp and film comp's very intimate and very real. And I like that about it. Mm-hmm. And we want to present that same vibe and give filmmakers a chance in our area to pitch their projects and, uh, find good people to work with and network because networking was huge for us. And I think it's huge for every filmmaker. And I think filmmakers struggle with it. And I think, um, it's a huge, uh, barrier to breakthrough. And I think once they do that, they'll see a lot of success for themselves. Um, I know for us, it's been that way as far as doing these videos and, and networking and things like that. So that's why we wanted to create it and just to kind of help out and, and and do something fun, man, and bring something to our area. We're building Jollywood to the, <laughs> it's the East so it's, it's like Hollywood, but Jollywood. So, you know, we may not see it in our lifetime, but maybe our kids will carry it on. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, I'm excited for it. Can people buy tickets yet or, or how did they get to attend and join? Yeah, they can check out at the website, jowbrothers.com. Um, click on the hack in Hollywood pitch fest, uh, link, and there'll be the speakers that we have now. I actually want to get you guys there as well. Um, but, um, we'll have, uh, about five people attached now. I'm working on getting some, um, some majors there. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and they can check it out there, order tickets. Uh, it ranges from $99 all the way up to 400 bucks to pitch your project and network and all that good stuff. It's right on the beach too. So, so you're talking bikinis, jet skis, um, all that good stuff and pitching your project. Good Florida vibes. I love it. Well, gentlemen, uh, Jake, Brian, I can't thank you enough. This has been a blast. And, uh, I hope to see you guys very, very soon, uh, either down in Florida, back here in Nashville, or just somewhere on a film set. I'll be looking at you guys on the internet as well. Best of luck to you guys, okay? Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you, man. Anytime. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find out more information on this week's creative, including links to their projects and social media feeds, please visit our website at www.bonsai.film forward slash make it 
If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative. If you do that, the show will pop right up. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step toward your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on Show Me How to schedule a free discovery meeting and needs assessment. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.